A very warm welcome to The Early Retirement Show, the show dedicated to helping you navigate the nuances of an early retirement, a non-traditional retirement. Now let's get right into the episode so we can learn how to retire early. Welcome back to The Early Retirement Show. If this is your first time, welcome. If you are a long-time listener, thank you. It is so fun seeing the reviews. It is fun seeing all of you subscribing on YouTube and seeing that grow. So really fun to, to get to do this. And so just want to say thank you. Now, today's episode is a good one, and it's a good one because we're going through a checklist. And so as I'm going through anything I talk about today, please know you can go into the description and you can see all of this in what's called a flow chart. So you can see that and say, okay, it's almost like a checklist where you can go through and go, okay, what is everything here that I should be considering and what shouldn't I be considering? Because part of the reason I believe that you all listen to podcasts is to know, okay, what should I be focusing on? And more importantly, what shouldn't I be focusing on? Because the last thing I want to do is waste your time and energy. And so I try to pack as much as I can of just good information into this podcast and about 10 to 15 minutes or so. And so um, let's just hop right in. And so what I want to start with is if we look at, hey, what should I consider before you do retire? The last thing that you want to do is second guess anything. The last thing you want to do is be thinking, oh my gosh, I wish I'd done that, or if I only had considered that. And of course, you say, hey, I don't want to run out of money. I mean, that is everyone's number one fear. And I always invite clients to say, hey, that's very reasonable, but that's not the number one fear. The number one fear is that you don't maximize your return on life, and running out of money is a sure way to not maximize that. It's a very fearful and scary way. And I will say, yes, we certainly want to make sure we do not run out of money, but we also want to make sure that we get the most out of every dollar. We save as much as we can on taxes. That way we can spend more time with grandchildren so that we can travel so that we can really do what we care about most. So when I look at this checklist that once again, you can see in this description, you can go through and just look at, hey, what does apply to me? What doesn't? I'm not going to go through everything here, but I am going to go through what I think might be most helpful. And so the first thing here that I want to touch on is if you are retiring early, which I assume many of you at least have the thought of um, a non-traditional retirement, there's things that you need to consider um, before you do retire. Now, there's things you need to consider before you retire, even if it's maybe at that traditional retirement age of 65 or so. Um, for some people, it's even earlier, but ultimately, it doesn't matter. What you want to know is, am I thinking through what's most important before I do retire? And so the first thing I want to bring up is when it comes to retiring early is where will income come from? And many people think about this through cash flow, and I like to think of it through how do you want to receive your income? Do you want to receive it quarterly? Do you want to get a quarterly check and go, okay, this is what I'm going to live on for the next few months? Or do you say, you know what, I just want my paycheck replaced. I learned, you know, growing up, that's how you like getting your money and you go, you know what, I want that biweekly or I want that monthly. So where will income come from? But what I just talked about is how will you be paid, not where will income come from. And so more importantly, I can imagine some of you thinking, hey, Ari, where is this income going to come from? And that's what we want to think about next. Is it coming from your investments? Is it up from a pension? Is it Social Security? Is it rental income? Is it inheritance? And how does that all connect together? So you know I'm the example guy. Let's just pretend real quick. You are 60 years old. You go, Ari, my pension doesn't start till age 65, and I want to be able to spend, just call it $8,000 a month. So you want to spend $8,000 a month after taxes adjusted for inflation. Well, how can you do that? Well, $8,000 a month needs to be generated. So 
when people say, hey, Ari, do I need a million dollars or two million or five million to retire? The answer is always no. You need to replace your income. You could have zero dollars in your investment portfolio and still retire and never have to worry. Okay, do we have a pension? Does it have a cost of living adjustment? Um, are there other income sources? So here I go off my tangent again. But the example here is if you want $8,000 a month and let's say 4000 a month is coming from a pension and another 2000 a month is coming from just call it Social Security, well, what state are you in? Because although Social Security is taxable at the federal level, the state is going to depend on that. And so I'm here in California where it is taxable, and so that's going to adjust the calculation. Now, let's just pretend for easy sake here, um, $2,000 a month from Social Security, 4000 is coming from a pension. So now that's $6,000, 4000 really is from that pension. 2000 Social Security. So that leaves us, meaning only 2000 is what's really coming from our investment portfolio. That's what's needed. Now, once again, is that coming from a Roth IRA? Odds are, I would say for most of you, it's not. It's probably an IRA and a 401k, and maybe you started doing some Roth um, a little bit more recently. But odds are it's from a 401k or an IRA. Um, maybe it's a brokerage account, and I'll get into that in just a moment. But the reason that's important is because do we need to make sure that we are setting aside enough in taxes to end up with 2000 And why does that connect to retiring early? Well, if you're going to retire early, and if we're just using 60 in this example, then everything I just said would work out fine. Meaning, if you have enough to set aside for taxes to meet your goals, then great, you could certainly be okay. Meaning, if we just take a common 4% rule, which I have another podcast on this where I explain that you can do better than the 4% rule and that it's not bad research. It's okay, but it's just not fully thought out. And what the 4% rule is saying is there is research done saying that if you take 4% out of your portfolio and follow a few basic rules, you can be assured that you will reasonably never run out of money. And so if you have a million dollars and you want to take out $40,000 a year, that you would be perfectly fine. Now, research has shown with the guardrails approach done by John Guyton that you can actually take out between 5 and 5.5% 5 .5 if you've done the right investment strategy if you are set up correctly and you have multiple investments that you could pull from so that you can live off of these funds. So just looking at this example, if we assume you do have that million dollars and you want to take out $40,000 a year, that you can comfortably do so. Now, that would mean that you're taking out about $3,300 a month. And so in this case, I would say, yes, you would be in a position where you can retire. Um, now, the reason for that is if you want to take out 3300 a month and you only need 2000 because you have other income sources supporting that that you would be fine there'd be 1300 of excess now a few things to consider here with age 60 being the age that i just selected here that's assuming you can pull from those iras and there will be no penalties because you are not taking it early meaning let's say look at the same example but we are retiring at age 50 so 10 years earlier Wonderful. I encourage people to understand, are you in a position to do that? And just once again, everything I'm going through today in the description below is a, just a full, what I call it, a checklist. Go through it. You can see, hey, does this apply to my situation? And I'm always happy to dive into more detail on any one topic, but wanted to give an overview in this. And so going back to that, if you want to retire at age 50, amazing. I do encourage that just so you can know, hey, am I in a position to do so? If not, it provides clarity. You go, great. I know I have eight more years to work as opposed to, hey, I don't even know. I don't want to go through a planning process. Does that sound complicated? You know, what can I even expect from that? What if it's discouraging? Um, to me, and the example I always like to use is I'm a soccer player. 
And when I'm injured, the most scary thing is what I call the I don't know phase, when I don't know how long I'm going to be out, how long I'm not going to be able to play for. Once I know I've got six to eight weeks of physical therapy I have to do, which, by the way, I'm currently injured at the moment, so not fun, just a a hip flexor injury, that I go, you know what, I have a plan. And so once I have a plan and a strategy to attack it, well, then I personally feel a whole lot better. So I would encourage you, go through a planning process, either with me or another planner, to understand hey, where am I in relation to my goals? So coming back to the main topic here, let's pretend age 50 again. Well, if you are 50 and you want to pull from your investments, well, there's going to be a penalty. There's that 10% penalty, plus you're always paying taxes on that as well. We don't get to get away from that. So now your IRA doesn't look like the most viable option. And so we don't want to certainly take an unnecessary hit. So we're looking at that going, hey, where can we pull income from? This is why I encourage so many people to open up a brokerage account, a joint account. Maybe it's a single account, a brokerage account, taxable account. They all mean the same thing. I wish the industry just gave it one name so it was not complicated. But all it means is you put money into that account. You don't get any special tax benefits. But what you do get is liquidity, meaning there's no extra penalties. Now, if you put $100 in and it grows to 1000 the $900 of growth, yes, you pay taxes on it. But you can be very tactical about this because let's pretend you are age 40 and you say you heard this podcast and for 10 years you've been saving and investing and now you're 50 years old and you go, hey, didn't I save to that account because Ari from the early retirement podcast said that I should do that? (laughs) Well, let's say that you just did that and listen to me. Well, you might be able to pay 0% taxes on that. And yes, you heard that correctly. It's not a typo. I didn't misspeak 0% taxes because when you retire, your income is going to become very, very low. Now let's pretend there's no other income sources and you, you had saved well from 40 to 50 into a taxable account or a brokerage account all means the same thing. You put, call it $5,000 every year for 10 years. You put $50,000 in and it grew and grew and grew and now it's $500,000. So there's $450,000 of growth there. Well, you pay 0% taxes up to a certain tax bracket, and so we can realize gains intentionally selling off a little bit every single year, paying 0% in taxes. Now, that is incredible if you ask me, and so I'm looking at that going, hey, we can be very tactical until we're going to pull from the 401k, until we're going to pull from an IRA. So you might hear people talk about it, and this is what people call the gap fund, the bridge fund. It's a bridge until you can pull from your retirement accounts without paying any penalties. So that's just an overview of that that I wanted to go over. But let's go back to this resource that you can see in the description. And I encourage you to to go on that. It's got some great stuff that we created. My partner and I, my partner, James Canole, um, at Root Financial Partners. Um, He's also the founder of the firm. And they've just got some great points here that I want to summarize, which from just first of all, um, are you married because if you are married that's going to change social security and some people say hey Ari I don't really want to include social security in the plan and if you're a few years out from retirement then we certainly want to include it in the plan and the reality is people think hey it's not going to be there I think it will be there just to some lower extent so how much do we want to plan on it oftentimes I don't even include it at all I say what does it look like without it if it's there it's a bonus um but I can tell you, I have clients who have told me, hey, Ari, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, they were saying it wasn't going to be there, and it's still there. And so not saying that we're we're 
totally including it, and that's what we want to rely on. I encourage people not to rely on that, um, but it's something that, hey, if it's there, let's certainly be smart about it because if you're married with Social Security, there's a ton of different strategies you want to make sure you're looking at. Um, one specifically is that if you are in a marriage and you got in a divorce, if that marriage lasted 10 years and ended in divorce, you might see that you're eligible for your ex-spouse's Social Security benefit. So just one example there. Um, one I want to talk on is just healthcare. Where will healthcare come from in retirement if you are not employed? That's a big one. And so will you be retiring before age 65 and need health insurance? If so, please know that you're not eligible for Medicare until you're age 65. And if you're a health insurance marketplace enrollee, you may be eligible for a tax credit. Now that tax credit is going to vary, but ultimately what you want to know is where is this going to come from? Are you going to go through COBRA? Are you going to go on the, the private market and go through the health insurance marketplace? Um, ultimately, that's what I help clients with to understand what does make most sense for their situation. And of course, what's income going to be? Because if you're going to need you know, certain services, having an income that exceeds $91,000 if you're single or $182,000 um, if you are married, well, there's IRMA surcharges. So how do you avoid paying any extra things than you need to? Well, you'd be very intentional about that. Um, another thing that's really important here that's often overlooked, and once again, just go to this to see all of what I'm going over right now, is regarding asset and debt is that will your investment objectives or risk tolerance change? Meaning, let's say that you've been investing primarily in stocks up until this point. That's great, and we certainly want to own them as they have been proven to be the best thing to outpace inflation. But how is that going to change in retirement? Because you're no longer just trying to grow and grow and grow, but you want to say, how can I preserve what I've worked so hard for? How can I preserve what I've built? And so likely your investment objectives and your risk tolerance will change. And it often changes every few years, meaning some years you go, you know what? I understand that I have you know, 20, 30, 40 years where you need to make sure you are living, especially if you're retiring early, pretend you're retiring at age 50. Well, we want to make sure we have a minimum of 40 years of income that's coming in. And if we're too conservative, well, then we're going to run out of money too soon. And if we're too aggressive, well, then all of a sudden we're going to run out of money too soon. So you just said, hey, are you just did the same thing? And you're right, I did. Because what we don't want to happen is be too conservative. In the first years of retirement, we look really strong, and then it tails off there because inflation is actually outpacing us. Now, at the same time, if we're too aggressive, well, we might have a really bad market, and all of a sudden your funds don't have enough time to recover. So there's a perfect balance there, and that, of course, has to do with your plan. Just a few other points I really like here, and then we'll just round out, which is that um, tax planning wise, it's huge thing that most people overlook. It's one thing to just go, hey, are you mentally prepared to retire? What are you going to spend your time doing? Are your investments allocated? But tax wise, you could go, oh my gosh, I've been paying so much in taxes my whole life. I cannot wait to not pay in taxes. And it's not a bad thought. Um, it's a good thought, in fact. But you could have a better thought, I would argue, which is can you take advantage of historically low tax brackets and fill them up very intentionally? Meaning, if you do have an IRA or a 401k, can you intentionally move money and fill up very low tax brackets so that in the future you don't have to pay them at higher rates. I would rather see you save 10, 20, 30% in taxes and have that growing in account that's tax-free forever. 
Another thing with that is regarding the tax planning, do you expect large required minimum distributions? And this might sound really far away from you right now, and I'm sure it does, which is, hey, at age 72, you are going to be required to pull money out. You might say that and go, that's not a problem. I'll, I'll put money out and I'll live on it. That's why I invested in it. Um, but you also might hear that and go, well, I don't want to have to pay more in taxes than I need to. And likely, if you're listening to this, you have saved and invested really well. And now, when you're going to pull these funds out, I don't want you paying 20 30 40% taxes on what you've worked so hard for. So how do we minimize that? We do tax planning, and we do that tax planning before you retire. Once you retire, yes, we can now start implementing that, but the question is, is do we have a few years to really plan and understand what makes most sense? How should you implement it? How can you make sure you're really optimizing it? Um, just a few other issues I always like to bring up is before you retire, consider unused vacation days, um, and then are there any state-specific issues that should be considered? There are some states that do not tax IRA distributions, so do you live in one of those states? There are some states that do not tax Social Security. So you're looking at that going, hey, should I consider that in the plan? And the answer is, of course, there's a million things to consider. And I don't want to go through them all today. Um, but ultimately, please do check out this resource that my partner and I created, James Canole. Um, and I hope that it is helpful. Now, once again, all of this and more is on YouTube. I am putting up a whole bunch of content because I want you to have different avenues of digesting this information. Sometimes hearing this can be helpful. Sometimes viewing this can be helpful. So I'm really trying to understand what do you guys like the most and trying to create that content. So once again, thank you for all who have been submitting questions on my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. Please keep submitting those questions. I promise I will answer those in a future episode, and I will send you a personal email saying I did receive it and that I will get on that. So thank you to those who have been doing that. Please subscribe and share this with someone so that you can retire. It's more fun to retire with your friends. So once again, thank you for supporting the show, and I'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Early Retirement Show. If you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, you can always go to my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. That's earlyretirementpodcast.com. And you can go ahead and submit a question that I'll look to answer in a future episode. Thank you all for listening. Please do rate it, review it, and share it with someone who you think would benefit from this information if there's anyone out there that you know. I certainly appreciate it, and I will see you all each week. Hey, guys, it's me again. Please be smart about this. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as financial tax or legal advice consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action this podcast is for informational purposes only